welcome to a new episode of The New Asian Century. I'm your host, Adash, and this podcast is about the rise of West Asia in light of a new multipolar world order. And we've dealt with the coronavirus inside Iran. We've talked with a nurse on Iran's COVID-19 outbreak, and then with an economist on the sanctions regime and how that hinders Iran's effective battle against the virus. Today, we're moving towards Europe in light of what has recently developed surrounding Hezbollah. The German government yesterday decided to add the movement to the list of terrorist organizations together with ISIS and Al-Qaeda, for example. And this is clearly raising a lot of eyebrows. A lot of people are wondering what's going on in Germany, and perhaps more importantly, what led to the designation of Hezbollah as a terrorist organization. Uh, with me today is Ali Schoger. He is a uh, lawyer based in Germany and very informed about Germany's shaky relationship with the Lebanese community. Uh, welcome to the show, Ali, and uh, maybe you could do a little short introduction of who you are and what you're doing. Hello, thank you for the invitation. Uh, my name, as you said, is uh, Ali Shukher. I'm uh, 34 years old. I live in Germany since, my, uh, since I was uh, two years old. My, eight, my parents came with me to Germany as refugees. And here I raised and I went to school. I made my university here in Germany and uh, all my education so, uh, until I uh, became lawyer. And uh, I'm, you, you can call it a freelancer. I work uh, on my own. I have my own office here in Northern Germany. It's uh, next to Bremen and Delmenhorst. Yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And Ali, for us, this what what happened uh, with the raids in Germany uh, yeah. comes as a surprise. We didn't expect this as people as outside outsiders. Um, yes. But from what I understand, this was something that has been planned for quite a while that the uh, German parliament was very involved in designating Hezbollah for a very long time mm -hmm. as a terrorist organization, that the CDU, the Social Democrats, and the Liberal Party in Germany uh, mm -hmm. were already creating the legal framework to des designate Hezbollah as a, as a terrorist organization, and that now we're only seeing the execution of this situation. Could yes. you describe a bit what happened in, these, uh, in this period? Yeah, so in fact, um, it's, it wasn't surprising for us uh, since several months uh, we had expected it because as we said it's, uh, it's just uh, a question of time, not a question of if they do it. We, we knew that they will do it, but we didn't know how and when. But uh, since the German parliament uh, at the end of uh, last year uh, made this decision to, uh, to ban all activities of Hezbollah in Germany, and uh, you, here we have to be a little bit uh, precise because Germany hasn't its own, um, its own terror list. The European, Un European Union has a terror list and since uh, 2013, Mm -hmm. Hezbollah, Hezbollah's military wing is uh, listed there, not the political wing. It's <laughs> it's yes. there. Uh, they made this uh, this art of wings. So um, Germany hasn't a terrorist, but 
they, uh, the German media, since uh, decades, uh, designate Hezbollah as terrorist organization, uh, unfortunately. And uh, some media, uh, since several years, especially, you can say, since uh, the July War uh, 2006 and afterwards, what happened in Syria, uh, they are making a lot of pressure on uh, German politicians, politicians on, on the government mm -hmm. to ban Hezbollah. They call it to ban Hezbollah, but there is no Hezbollah in Germany. <laughs> there isn't an organization called Hezbollah in Germany. Right. So they banned, though, yesterday they formally banned any activities of uh, anybody who's maybe linked or they uh, allege to that he is linked to Hezbollah. Uh, so what happened uh, on the ground? Um, what we heard and saw in the media that uh, there were uh, four mosques or musallas, we, we say in Arabic, mm -hmm. in four uh, different cities. They were raided and it was Berlin, the capital, Bremen, Dortmund and Münster, Bremen in northern Germany and Dortmund and Münster in uh, western Germany. This Communities, uh, I would say this, these are the biggest Shia, uh, Lebanese Shia communities uh, in, in Germany. And uh, I think this was one of the main uh, goals uh, of, of, uh, of, the of, of the government. And just to be and, clear, there are uh, only Lebanese yeah. uh, religious centers. They're not Iranians, for example, because you no, have no, the Islamic not. center of... Uh, of, in Germany as well, which no, is an no. Iranian mosque, but these are only Lebanese? These are only Lebanese communities. Um, I, w I, I don't like uh, the, to call them Shia mosques, but they are mostly attended by Shia Muslims. Okay. Absolutely. I don't right. like uh, uh, the, this, uh, this word Shia mosque or Sunnah right. mosque. It's a mosque. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> it belongs to Allah. Okay. Uh, so they are mostly attended by, by Shia Muslims and they are Lebanese communities uh, from the origin here. Uh, but, not, but when you look, formally they are Germans, the, most of exactly. them have a German passport. Okay. Right. But they are originally from uh, Lebanon. And uh, so uh, we heard that uh, the German government has decided to ban all activities of Hezbollah in Germany on the ground. It means that they uh, forbid from now on to show the flag of Hezbollah in, in public or the logo of <laughs> even the logo of Al-Mahdi scouts. In, mm -hmm. in I don't know how... Uh, they uh, came to that, but okay. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Um, uh, legally, it's a ban uh, based on the, uh, can call it associations law or law for NGOs, German law for NGOs. There is the legal base for this uh, ban uh, <clears throat> because they can't, they can't ban uh, a Lebanese organization in Germany called Hezbollah because there isn't any organization in Germany called Hezbollah. Right. So they ban any uh, activities. Mm -hmm. And why did they go to this mosque? Because they, uh, they claim that this mosque have links uh, to Hezbollah, that they uh, support Hezbollah in a way or another. They, they say, for example, um, 
they collect donations for uh, for them to send them to Lebanon, or they glorify the actions of Hezbollah or its leadership and so on. But mm-hmm. n- not even as as mosques uh, and special, but also as persons belonging to the mosque, as supporters, as attenders of uh, this mosque. And we have to right, right. to uh, to say also that the raids were the very aggressive it was a very aggressive art they came with uh, in full uniform with weapons and and dogs and so on uh, they don't they didn't go into the mosque in almost with with their dogs but uh, you I, I don't know if you if you saw the pictures from berlin it was very mm-hmm. heavy so they were very unrespectful to the quran to the mosque uh, yes From a public diplomacy perspective, this is not something that uh, governments are typically uh, very proud of doing, but it was clearly very disrespectful uh, going inside the mosques, uh, touching a lot of the religious literature. And what what were they hoping to find is really the question. Was this, uh, you know, that that is real. But let's just get back to, just for one moment, we talked about what what the implications were on the ground. Uh, Al-Quds Day is coming. Uh, mm-hmm. It's every year. There seems to be a bigger uh, event surrounding it. What is the implication for uh, the Al Quds Day in uh, Germany? Is that considered now to be a, a Hezbollah activity at this point? Yeah, they they tried to uh, to show it as a Hezbollah activity, but in fact, it's not. It's uh, uh, we have in Germany since decades uh, it's a central uh, demonstration in berlin or uh, uh, in in the past it was in bonn when bonn was formerly the the capital mm-hmm. but since uh, a, almost a decade or more it's in berlin and uh, it's organized by a private group of persons by an uh, by an you can call it ngo they call themselves uh, al-quds uh, ag al-quds mm-hmm. uh, working uh, uh, working community. They are just some persons who organize this demonst- central demonstration every year. And from uh, from whole Germany, uh, we attend it every year. Uh, and it's not organized by uh, Hezbollah <laughs> because we don't have Hezbollah in Germany. Right, right. This, is, this is a fact we have to, to, to spot the light on. <laughs> there is no Hezbollah in Germany in, in uh, in such a manner. Um, well, from what you understand this to be, there is no real uh, ban on al state necessarily, from what you understand. The media tries to uh, to, uh, to claim that it's uh, they from now on they can uh, ban the, the Kutstate demonstration in a, in a more easier way. Mm. But for this year, I think it, uh, we, we all had accepted that because of the, of the corona history of the corona case, that the central demonstration would be a very small demonstration or even that it would, it wouldn't, uh, it would take place. We actually we had already accepted it, and now uh, even yesterday, in in the media they they began to wrote that the organization organization Al Quds AG asked for uh, 
for uh, stopping the, the demonstration and they, they, mm. they, they don't want it to want the demonstration to take place because of the of the uh, Hezbollah ban. But I don't know if it's, if it's true. Uh, I don't know if the uh, if the uh, community of, of the city of, of Berlin has banned it or they asked for uh, for stopping it. I don't know right, what is right. true. No. I mean, looking throughout the European Union, there is a number of countries that have been that have banned Hezbollah as a terrorist mm -hmm. organization completely. The yes. military and in the United Kingdom, in Holland, there are, mm -hmm. there are national laws that designate this as a as a as a terrorist entity mm. but that people still uh have the ability to stage al quds day uh yes. they just don't take the yellow flags with them or you know and generally yeah, speaking it's not a hezbollah related subject or it's not closely this, linked the, to uh, the sorry, organization the flag uh, is uh, banned from the demonstration in Germany since several years. When you see mm. pictures of uh, of Kutz demonstration in Berlin, with uh, where you see people who uh, hold the flag, it, uh, these are old pictures, or they didn't know that it's forbidden. But right. uh, at all, it is forbidden since years, since some years. Gotcha. And just like you said, there, there, Hezbollah as an organization does not exist in Germany. It's not a legal entity. It's, mm. It has no presence in Germany. But Germans mm. of Lebanese descent uh, with a Lebanese background or Lebanese origin seem to be at the forefront of uh, the situation. And they're presented, they seem to be presented as a sort of fifth column, that they are mm. possibly sympathizers or linked or associated mm. with Hezbollah. Can you tell us a bit about the Lebanese community in Germany? When did they yeah. move there, for example? What do they typically do as a collective? What are the major cities where they're active? Yeah, I wouldn't say that they are a fifth column. I wouldn't say that they have an <laughs> obligation to be <laughs> as they are. This is propaganda, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, this is their propaganda. The majority of, of Lebanese in uh, Germany, and yes, they are Shia Muslims, that's right. Mm -hmm. uh, and the mosques raided yesterday are mostly attended by Shia Muslims. That's also right. And when you are a Shia Muslim and you come, especially from Lebanon, uh, it's it's not so far that you have uh, sympathies for uh, for the resistance movement in Lebanon. <laughs> right. You can right. Uh, you can hardly expect a, a Lebanese Shia. Uh, supporting Israel. That's unrealistic. Absolutely, okay? absolutely. Uh, it's, logic, it's logic that someone uh, coming from the south of Lebanon, I'm, I'm from the south, or from the Bikar or from any other place in Lebanon, that he identifies himself with such a movement which, which defended his hometown, this, his hometown, his home country, against uh, aggressors it is something normal if, even if you are german and uh, a german organization would uh, defend your hometown you would have sympathies for them okay and right. in lebanon as well it was a special situation because the state uh, if, if there was a state uh, wasn't able to uh, defend its ground so the people themselves defend themselves mm -hmm. and uh, when you when you when you have this fact, so uh, what do you expect from the Lebanese here in Germany? What do you expect? So it's uh, it, every every other uh, way uh, would be unrealistic. So the 
when you when we uh, talk about Lebanese community, the Lebanese, most of them, they uh, they came to Germany in the 70s, 18s uh, during the civil war in Lebanon, and in mm -hmm. the 19s, 80s, and 19s because of uh, the the Israeli occupation uh, of uh, parts of of Lebanon, mm -hmm. and they came as refugees. Some uh, and later on, a uh, uh, group of Lebanese or a number of Lebanese, they came as students, mm -hmm. university students. Uh, and a lot of them, they stayed here. They didn't go back. They stayed here um, because of personal reasons. Mm -hmm. And uh, where uh, do they live in Germany? They live everywhere. Everywhere you go, you can, uh, you have, a, there's a possibility that you meet a Lebanese. <laughs> right, right, right. But uh, most Lebanese, they live uh, in Berlin and in Western Germany and here uh, in Bremen and uh, uh, the area surrounding uh, Bremen. Um, and how big is this community in terms of a com complete picture? Yes, yeah, so when, I, amount, yeah, when, when you take Bremen, Bremen, and um, I, all, I always look at uh, the tents of Muharram at Ashura, it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's most attended. And there you, we, we have a number of about 2,000, 2,500 persons attending this day in the mosque. And mm -hmm. these persons, are all from Bremen or the area surrounding uh, Bremen. Yet, so uh, at uh, at the um, distance of about hundred kilometers, right? Yes, surrounding uh, Bremen, this is the number coming to the mosque on this day. And in ter in terms of total Shia, because you know maybe they don't mm. visit the mosque or they have uh, other obligations. Uh, mm. Is there any demographic information about the total? Uh, Shia mm -hmm. population or the Lebanese population in uh, in Germany? Uh, Shia population, yesterday I read uh, an, an, an expert who says we have about 250,000 Shia in Germany. He said it. Mm -hmm. I think we have more. I would say we have half a million Shia because okay. we have a lot of Lebanese uh, Shia. We have Iraqi Shia. It's mm -hmm. also not a small number. We have Iranians. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> the Iranians. Uh, there you have a number on the of, other the, side. of this group and the number of an, of the other group. <laughs> yes. They're very uh, fragmented. <laughs> but uh, there's a number. Uh, uh, it's underestimated, and this is the, the Afghanian uh, Shia community, mm. and yeah. this is a huge number in Germany. They came in the last ten years, and this is a huge number. I think. Uh, they are the it's the most uh, it's the biggest community community of Shia uh, Muslims uh, in Germany, and with, when you uh, put them all together, I think uh, two hundred and fifty thousand is much uh, uh, to uh, it's not Hello. it's not okay it's not okay, uh, right. correct. All right, that that gives a good picture about uh, where we're going. Um, so we talked about the the Lebanese community, the Shia Muslim community. Uh, what, what they've been doing in Germany. Um, how would you describe the relationship between the German state, German politicians, German mm -hmm. institutions, and the Lebanese community in particular in the mm -hmm. last 10 years or so? How, what, how has that relationship evolved? I think um, 
the when we when we look at the Islamic activities uh, of the Lebanese community uh, on a local level uh, in their towns and their hometowns, I think uh, all of them have a very good relationship uh, to the local administration, especially to the uh, to the police uh, in their towns. Uh, unfortunately, you have to have you have to have good relationships to the police in your town as a mosque. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's uh, since 9/11, it's uh, something normal that you have uh, a contact, a personal contact to them. They came to the mosque, they asked for contact, and uh, our communities are very open, uh, open to, to open to that. They don't have any problem because they, they have a. a, a art of transparency we haven't anything to to hide in front of the state we haven't any uh, secrets we are normal people normal communities and we just want to uh, live our liberties our religious uh, liberties Absolutely. and i think they have a very good relationships but not but that's only the local level of, right on now the local you're talking level. about the local level if yeah, we talk about this, more broadly yeah uh, broadly, the, it's difficult. We have um, um, uh, a higher Shia uh, organization representing or trying to represent the Shia, but it's uh, it's it's in the I would say it's in the beginning. So it's not yeah. so uh, uh, it's it's it's, it's still a little bit weak. Mm -hmm. It's not so good organized. It's not so good. Uh, there's not a good uh, structure. Uh, it could be better, the relationship uh, between uh, the state and uh, Lebanese and even between the state and uh, Shia Muslims. Right, right. Absolutely. Um, would you say that they are politically represented in German politics? What, what do the Lebanese, no, what, no. Which, which parties do Lebanese typically, you know, Germans with a Lebanese heritage typically vote for, for example, mm -hmm. in Germany? Yeah, I think most Muslims and even most uh, Lebanese uh, or, most, or Shia Lebanese, uh, when they voted for uh, any party, they, in the past, it was the Social Democratic Party, a lot of them voted for them. Mm -hmm. But now in the, in the last years, um, I think they uh, went more towards the, the Green Party or even the, uh, the left, the Communist, uh, the Soci Socialist or Communist Party of Germany, the Die Linke. Okay. And I think this is, uh, when, you, when you take the, this is a picture, this is, yeah, that's it. When we talk about uh, about vote about elections, um, the the Muslim community in Germany, when they in the when in the past they they voted for the Social Democrats, they voted for them because the, this party was uh, the most near party to them, the, to the worker class. Mm -hmm. Okay, but uh, later on, uh, the Social Democrats and even the Green Party, even them. Uh, concerning foreign policy, they uh, they became like CDU, the the Christian Union. Mm. They uh, they supported wars everywhere. They supported uh, um, uh, sending troops to everywhere, and uh, because of that, the most of I think a lot of Muslims uh, went went towards other par parties like uh, the Linke. 
because the Linke is the only party in German parliament which uh, always opposes uh, sending troops uh, in foreign countries. Mm. Right. And concerning the designating of Hezbollah, yeah, that's at least, at least uh, all parties uh, have designated Hezbollah as terrorist group, even the uh, right, far right, AfD, and even the Linke, <laughs> unfortunately. Mm, really, really. Okay, so yeah. this is an unanimous vote now that has been yes. passed. It's um, when it concerns Israel, they are all most, <laughs> not all, but you can say 90% or 95% of the parliament is against you. Understood, understood. I mean, as a political scientist, Ali, I, I frequently read a lot of the scientific literature and the reports and the way in which Hezbollah is being uh, researched and discussed from the mm. scholarly perspective, but also I, work, I personally work in politics from the perspective of a politician. And, you know, I read the Middle East intelligence reports, the bulletins, the position papers of the Washington Institute, mm -hmm. a neoconservative scholars, if you want to call them that, uh, such as Matthew Levitt. Uh, and all of these so-called think tanks have been active for decades in criminalizing certain Muslim groups or Muslim refugee mm. groups by accusing them of being sleeper cells or being some sort yes. of uh, groups that have uh, other motives than simply living their life in peace in uh, Europe or the United States. It's one thing for lobbyist and pro-Zionist groups to make claims and loose associations, but something very different for political echelons, politicians of the German government to adopt those assumptions. Um, just going through, I was looking at the history of how Hezbollah was being discussed in, in the German uh, political uh, arena. And the accusations against Hezbollah seem to be very long. And every decade, yes. there has been new research, there have been new numerous investigations <laughs> by the German government. Mm -hmm. From the 1980s, uh, there was research about college students who were collecting intelligence uh, for Hezbollah mm -hmm. to bomb targets inside Germany. During the 1990s, uh, there was research by the public prosecutor that Imad mm -hmm. Mughniya, one of the main architects of Hezbollah, was directly involved in carrying out attacks on German soil. Uh, mm -hmm. In the early 2000s, uh, Germany claimed that it was suspecting training centers in Germany uh, closely linked mm -hmm. to Hezbollah. In 2007, <laughs> Uh, there was a new, apparently Hezbollah was publishing a, a, a weekly newsletter in Germany. Uh, and even in the 2013, 2010 onwards, um, there has always been some kind of accusation of, of uh, Germans with a Lebanese descent being somehow linked with Hezbollah, involving you know, in some way or the other the Lebanese diaspora community. You're listening to these claims. Yes. Are these legitimate fears that the German government has? Or would you say that they're being adopted, they're being disseminated for other purposes? And what are those purposes then? I don't think that these uh, fears are legitimate, uh, legitimate uh, at all. Um, when you see the structure of the allegations from the 18th to, the, to, to our time, Mm -hmm. You see a very interesting, uh, <laughs> uh, interesting development. 
uh, in the past, they accused Hezbollah of uh, terrorism and so on. And when they saw that it doesn't work, later on in our time, in, mm-hmm. in, the, in the 2000s and now since the Syria war, uh, they they don't talk uh, about terrorism. They don't. They talk about terrorism, but it's it's a small part. They now t- are talking uh, about uh, drug trafficking, about money laundering, about prostitution and organized organized crime, and all this this nonsense. And um, there isn't any. They don't have any proof for that. And they know mm-hmm. they don't have any proof for that. They, you can when you see when you. Tell me about the uh, uh, research uh, uh, magazines and think tanks. Uh, this is one part. Um, because I'm not a, a political analyst, I don't read them all. I don't mm-hmm. even know them all. But uh, I see what is uh, written in the uh, in the uh, mainstream media. What is uh, showing? What is showed in in the TV about Hezbollah? And there, when when you watch it or when you read it, is uh, between the uh, between the uh, the letters, you always can see that they don't have any proof, even for the terror terror allegations in the mm-hmm. concerning Argentina and uh, and other countries, even Bulgaria, uh, the the attack in Burgas, they. Uh, I, I repeat myself, but <laughs> there isn't any mm-hmm. proof, and they know that. And even for the criminal criminal allegations, they don't have any proof. They don't say we don't have any proof, but they say it's uh, so undoubtedly undoubted, and it's so uh, it's like uh, it's so dusty, and uh, nothing is clear. Mm. But where where you have uh, when there is uh, something spoken so there must be anything like that there must be uh, such uh, crimes but this is nonsense this is israeli propaganda this is uh, planned uh, by them this is uh, sending uh, uh, around uh, over the over the globe and uh, that's it that's the whole story and uh, and what even you're when saying, they when they sorry what you're saying it, this seems to be quite interesting to me first they were accusing hezbollah of terrorism in germany uh, or mm-hmm. in, in Europe or close by Germany. Uh, and now the discourse is, seems to be adopting the method of uh, South America, where the United States uh, for decades now has claimed that Hezbollah is involved in the tri-border area. They're, they're, uh, they're smuggling cocaine. They're smuggling mm-hmm. cigarettes. They are whitewashing and money laundering in the tri-border they area. Are, they themselves Ameri- are doing they're it. Adopting this knows new, it. <laughs> They're adopting this uh, the, a Latin American model for to criminalize mm-hmm. the the community in Germany. Now you're saying yes, yeah. When you take for example the the, the mosque in Berlin in Berlin, they read yesterday. They they speak about it that it is a mosque uh, led by four big families. For mm-hmm. example, four big Lebanese families. They call their names and they they say these families are. Uh, involved in uh, all this this uh, types of crime uh-huh. i don't know i don't want to to call that uh, to repeat it but uh, uh, this this is i repeat it this is nonsense what what should you say 
Hezbollah, Hezbollah is an Islamic uh, movement. They have high Islamic uh, moral principles. They, they are led by an Islamic scholar, by Islamic scholars. They, have, uh, they live in a, in a completely different world. And you accuse them of uh, such stupid, such uh, inhuman uh, crimes. That's not logic. Mm -hmm. If you want to accuse them, search for something more logical. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's built on, the cases are built around guilt, guilty by loose associations with Hezbollah. And also what seems to work in the United States, by the way, where many Lebanese uh, citizens, people, you know, American citizens with Lebanese backgrounds who are being accused of activities in Latin America mm -hmm of mm -hmm. you know, becoming this, you know, almost this Pablo Escobar uh, organization <laughs> where they are smuggling hash and cocaine and everything, yeah. and then finance, mm -hmm. it seems to work because a lot of uh, the American citizens with Lebanese backgrounds are being arrested in the United States, are being interrogated, are being spied on. This becomes somehow a legal framework, this, this money laundering scheme, or these cocaine accusations become the, le the, the legal justification to start uh, prosecuting people, and even if they're not yeah. prosecuted, intimidating. Yeah, but these allegations are even not not but not they are only in, uh, unlogic and they are nonsense. They are also uh, contradictory because uh, they say Hezbollah is doing this, is involved in this involved in these crimes because uh, they finance themselves by these crimes out of the money of the uh -huh. crimes they finance themselves. Uh, this is one side. On the other side, they say Hezbollah is financed by Iran and we have to, uh, <laughs> to, uh, to make uh, further actions against Iran because of financing terrorism in the world. So right, right. What, what is now the, <laughs> what is the reality now? What is true now? And the, the truth is, yes, Hezbollah is financed by Iran. Hezbollah says it and Iran says it. And it's only financed by Iran and some donations from some rich people in Lebanon or right. in other countries. Yeah, everybody knows it, that they are rich people, rich businessmen. Maybe they, they are in Lebanon or outside of Lebanon. They give donations. Hezbollah says it. Hezbollah says it. Uh, oh, uh, obviously openly they don't have a problem with it and donations by normal people smaller donations that's normal for such an organization and they say openly we are financed by iran that's that's the whole story right they don't need this uh, this nonsense i think there's an elephant in the room here ali where we've talked about the lebanese or the the german citizens of lebanese uh with lebanese backgrounds and the german state uh, but Germany has a very strange relationship with, or at least strange to outsiders, with the Zionist project from yes. World War II until today. Uh, some say and it has been supporting the Zionist project for decades. Some say it does this out of a moral depth, that it feels guilty for what has happened. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, from Adenauer until today, there is a certain idea that we have to repay in exchange for that is reintegration in the global economy and global politics. It's allowed to flourish as a country again. Other people say it's out of national interest that Germany has to do this because of its personal interest in geopolitics and so forth. What would you say is the relationship right now with Germany and the Zionist project? 
Yes, uh, of course. Uh, what what uh, they uh, have done yesterday uh, is it's just for Israel. They do they did it or they do such uh, actions just to uh, have good relationships with Israel and the U.S. And when you see the media reports uh, from from uh, yesterday of yesterday, you will see that the first countries uh, con congratulated the the German government or the first ambassadors uh, congra congratulated them were the Israeli and the American, and uh, that's the whole. <laughs> I repeat myself. That's the whole story. They they were put under pressure by by pro-Zionist media like uh, the Bild uh, from the Axel Springer House. And, uh, These are newspapers, for, very famous newspapers, yeah, newspapers in Germany. Yeah. You can't even call it a newspaper, but it's a paper. <laughs> it's a right. paper. Everybody in Germany knows it. It's a it's uh, it's trash. It's trash. Mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not a newspaper. Uh, and what is the target audience for the build? Who reads this newspaper? Just so we have some, uh, what is the main audience? Reads it. That's a problem. Everybody reads it. Politicians mm. read it. Uh, academic uh, academic people read it, and uh, the working class re reads it. That's mm. a that's a problem because it's cheap, it's simple, it's uh, it has very uh, big headlines, a lot of uh, photos. <laughs> that's <laughs> right, it. Right. But, uh, coming back to the to the question. Um, yes, Germany does uh, does this or have this uh, actions uh, because of its uh, problematic relationship to Israel, uh, based on the Second World War and the historically historical uh, debt. Yes, that's uh, that's I think the the first motivation for them, or the the most uh, important motivation for them. Um, other motivations, maybe uh, they want to, to have good relationships to all uh, countries of the world, and so they have, want to have good relationships with, with the uh, Israelis. But uh, on the other side, it's pressure. It's pressure by the U.S., it's pressure by the Zionist lobby, it's pressure by the, uh, by the Council of, of the Jews here in Germany or in Europe. and. Uh, yeah, I think mm. uh, that's a, that's a problem. That's a big problem for Germany because uh, when you when you see this uh, this problem, you see that in in the last several years or even in when not the several years but when let us take the last year, there has been a huge discussion in German media about how to uh, remember the Holocaust. Uh, do we still have to remember it every day, every year in this uh, manner, or should we uh, uh, should we have uh, less remembrance to it, or mm -hmm. should we stop remembrance to it? And this is caused, uh, of course, by the far right AfD. Yes, but uh, even other uh, asking these questions and uh, want a change. Right, right. That's very interesting. And uh, just so, you know, in, in the same way that uh, Mearsheimer wrote about the Israel lobby in the United States, this seems to be a very powerful entity operating in the very highest echelons in Germany as well. It's not just something American-centric. This is in various countries that there is a very organized lobby 
moving forward with putting this kind of these kinds of subjects on the agenda and succeeding what you're saying yes yes they are they are very uh, strong they are very they have uh, a lot of power um, in the, especially in the media they they put a lot of pressure in the media mm. uh, through several newspapers not only bird we have other newspapers uh, from the same house or from other uh, houses. Mm -hmm. um, you have the uh, council of, of the central council of the Jews, and they even put the government under such pressure, pressure that they uh, even designated a, a special commissioner for fighting anti-Semitism in Germany. <laughs> uh, in the, in the wow. time where we have uh, uh, attacks against mosques and uh, Islamic centers on a daily base, base mm. you uh, appoint a person for fighting anti-Semitism where you have uh, where the f number uh, of attacks against Jews is getting less in Germany. But they have a mm. huge, they need this huge, uh, this big uh, propaganda machinery to um, to strengthen to strengthen the uh, the immigration to Israel, yeah, mm. Israel has a problem now. A lot of people are fleeing uh, from there, and they are making a huge propaganda. Not only in Germany, in France, it's uh, worse than in Germany. Mm -hmm. But uh, to get people uh, to to think that they have to move uh, to Israel to make uh, they say they call it. Uh, Alia to uh, to the whole to their holy holy land. We we uh, we spoke a lot. And about it's obvious. The, uh... It's not a secret. It's obvious. They make it so open. Mm. Everybody who's <laughs> against Israel is an anti-Semite. Everybody who says just some word criticizing criticizing Israel is anti-Semite. In the last weeks, they are uh, attacking an African an African uh, scientist because of some uh, sentences in a book he published several years ago uh, for being anti-Semite anti and against Israel and supporting the BDS and so on, just mm -hmm. because um, a, a fest called culture festival, festival in, uh, in uh, Western Germany, the biggest culture festival there or even in Germany, they invited him for a speech and say they made s such a huge uh, story of it. And I didn't know him before mm. now i know him <laughs> wow. they are stupid on the other side they make some <laughs> people famous you don't know them now you know them and they are famous now and now uh, everybody knows them and will read about them and will maybe support them right, it's right. The, every every time the same uh, story and what you're also saying in this story is that you know you have this so-called israel lobby that's very powerful but the muslim community in uh, germany even though there are hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of Muslims in Germany, they have no real lobbying power. They have no organized political movements. They have no real strong organizations to resist any, any of this taking place. It's, uh, unfortunately, it's, it's like, uh, like you said, um, we have uh, organizations, we have uh, even Islamic, we have an, even a central Islamic council representing a lot of mosques. We have other councils representing a lot of Turkish mosques and uh, Arabic mosques. But uh, uh, when it comes to critical questions, they 
the, the majority goes with the government. Even mm. yesterday, you could see uh, Muslims congratulating the, the government for this step, or Muslims, they, are, they, uh, uh, um, they don't say anything. And um, it's because there are several reasons for it. One of the reasons uh, is uh, everybody fears for his own. Everybody fears for his own community. Mm. Everybody works for his own community, for his own mm. country, for his own uh, even sect, for his own group. There's, uh, we, we, we speak about unity. Unity is, is very important, but uh, on the ground, uh, when it comes to such critical points, unfortunately, we don't see this uh, unity. Mm. It's very individualistic, the way Muslim organizations, groups, yes. ethnicities are, are living in yes. Germany. Very individualistic. Yes. We, we spoke a bit about the German citizens with Lebanese heritage, about the Zionist project, the importance of the so-called Israel lobby. What is the role of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in Germany, uh, especially considering the relationship with Lebanon itself? You're, you said that Lebanese citizens, are, in particular people with a Lebanese background, are being targeted. What has been the German attitude towards Lebanon during, for example, mm -hmm. very key moments during the Ta'if agreement during the 1980s, the liberation of South Lebanon, of course, during the 2000s, mm -hmm. the, the war of the summer in 2006? Are these areas where we could have already predicted this behavior from Germany? Or does it, you know, sometimes is it more positive towards certain developments relating to the Shia community? And was it really difficult to... to find out the role of foreign policy in germany is uh, related to the to its history what we uh, talked about uh, mm. uh, some minutes ago um, it's related to it uh, germany has uh, a complicated uh, um, role in in the middle east uh, in the past they had a friendly relationship to all countries there, to mm -hmm. Israel, to Lebanon, even to Iran. Even after the revolution, they had a good, uh, relatively good relationship uh, mm. to Iran. But uh, since, I don't know, since a decade or since 9-11, this relationship, uh, relationship uh, got uh, worse, became uh, worse uh, than it was. Um, and you're talking about the period of Schroeder, before the seat, oh, seat... Even before, I, I'm talking about the 80s and 90s, mm. where the German had a good, uh, in the 80s, it was a relatively good uh, relationship when uh, Genscher was foreign minister of uh, mm -hmm. uh, Germany. In Lebanon, uh, Germany has a very good relationship to all parts of, of the country, to all parties, mm -hmm. and even to Hezbollah. And everybody knows it. They don't say it uh, openly, but everybody knows it. And Hezbollah talked about it uh, a lot of uh, several times that uh, the Germans or other European countries search with uh, with intensity, with uh, with a very strong intent to to have uh, good relationships with uh, with Hezbollah. <laughs> mm -hmm. And we we know every, everybody knows that uh, the Germans were. Uh, um, the negotiators. The, uh, the for, uh, negotiators for the, the 2006 uh, period. Yes, you know. Yes. When we talked about the prisoner, when we talk about the prisoner swap, it's it's the Germans who are the the key middleman 
to arrange yes, these things. Yes, that's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> There's a story, I, I heard it uh, some uh, uh, weeks ago, some months ago in the, in the Arabic uh, TV. They interviewed Wafiq Safa. I don't know if you know him from mm -hmm. Hezbollah. He's uh, uh, official uh, of Hezbollah. And he told a story that when they finished the negotiations, the last, uh, the last English negotiations between uh, Israel and Lebanon, uh, with the Germans, <laughs> they they have a se they had a session together session together a last session I think, and uh, Mustafa Badreddin, they killed uh -huh. him seven, two years or three years ago. Uh, they asked the his uh, colleagues of Hezbollah to bring uh, some cake with the German flag and the Lebanese flag on it, to <laughs> to eat it together with the German. Uh, intelligence officials with uh, I don't know who was it but the the uh, the former head of intelligence was August Hanich and you can see him on the uh, pictures mm -hmm. when the uh, released prisoners arrived in Lebanon he was there uh, in the airport with Said Hassan Nasrullah next to him <laughs> very near to him and they all shake the hands of uh, of the uh, released prisoners so there you can see that uh, uh, behind the uh, behind the uh, the front, you, you had there they have been good relationships. I don't know why the German make such such steps they made yesterday. I don't know why why they make it because with such steps they are uh, destroying such relationships and they need this. They need the relationships there mm -hmm. and they need it also for the future. Now uh, Lebanon is becoming a, a petrol country. So uh, why and and Hezbollah is, is, isn't go is, isn't becoming weaker. No, it's becoming stronger and stronger. And maybe uh, there there will come a day where Hezbollah, where there is really a government of Hezbollah in Germany in, in Lebanon. And now you are making such nonsense. You are destroying your future relationship. That's right, not good right. for Germany. We've uh, we've covered a lot. The last thing I really want to know, Ali, before I let you go, I know I've taken a lot of your time. Where, what is the future holding for Germans, German Muslims, German Lebanese, people with a Lebanese background who have German citizenship? They want to establish their life in Germany. They are, they're well established, what we know from, the, from, from, from history. Uh, the Lebanese community is very entrenched in German society. But how do you see the future developing? between the German states and German citizens with a Lebanese background, now that this has taken, taken place? Mm. I'm optimistic. <laughs> I'm an optimist. Uh, I can quote uh, the Holy Quran, in the yusra, in yusra, with the pain comes uh, the, mm. uh, the relief, okay? Um, I think uh, uh, it depends on some points. Uh, it may the, the 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 relationship between Muslims and the German state uh, can become very good. It can it can become not so good. It depends on uh, how the state behaves towards Muslims. We have now about six million, seven million, or even more Muslims uh, in Germany. You can't, you can't uh, uh, treat them uh, like a little minority, like somebody uh, that, who doesn't exist or who doesn't have any right. No, that, that's not the future for the German state. 
Um, I think uh, concerning Lebanese or Shia or Muslim, even Muslims in general, the, when uh, when Israel perish and it will perish, inshallah, so uh, there will be a good future for for the the whole uh, mankind and even and also for for us in Germany or in other countries. I think. Mm -hmm. And so you're expecting that in due time, eventually uh, these relationships are going to get better from what you understand. Yes, even if they look now uh, not so good because of uh, some legal steps, even because of yesterday, I think they will, they will see that this action from yesterday, it was a mistake and they will see the result of it in, in the way or another. I don't, I'm not talking about uh, 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 what, what they wrote yesterday uh, in, in, um, in the papers about retribution of Hezbollah in, in form of attacks. No, no, that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's nonsense. Mm -hmm. But I think uh, they will see re the results of it. I Iran today or yesterday uh, answered to this ban and they, uh, they said that this is, was a big mistake and uh, that will have consequences. And that's good that, that, that Iran, the Iranian foreign ministry, uh, made this step. Uh, yes. And the Germans, they, they have to, to feel it. They have to feel this mistake. And afterwards, they will, uh, they will correct it. And they will correct, uh, inshallah, their way in behaving towards uh, Muslims in this country and in, in the world, inshallah. Excellent. That's, uh, I, that was very insightful, uh, Ali. I learned a lot from you. And I think a lot of people who are listening have learned a lot from the situation in Germany. It's not every day that something like this came along. And Germany is typically the quieter countries in Europe when it comes to, you know, it's the way it treats uh, the, at least Hezbollah from a geopolitical perspective or the way it's been involved. It, it gives them much, gave them much more maneuverability. Um, and now that this has come, a lot of people have been trying to listen, trying to figure out what, what has gone, uh, what, is, what has transpired here. And I think you gave a very good oversight of that. So I'd like to thank you for a lot of your time your efforts into explaining all of this. And uh, thank you for being on the show. I have to thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, good luck, inshallah.